Welcome to another episode of The Deep Dive, where we are looking to pick up our conversation from uh, the weekend. We just had an episode where Dr. Paul Utnage joined me to talk kind of about the theology of the parable we focused on, um, talked about hell, talked about judgment a little bit, and I uh, wanted to maybe have a lighter conversation, but maybe more of a uh, applicable or relevant one for a lot of people, and that's just tackling this question of what does it look like for us to grow? Um, what does it look like for us to grow in different spaces? Uh, this is an audio-only only episode. So if you are watching on YouTube and you are wondering why you can't see us, that is the reason. But I am joined uh, today by uh, two friends, two co-workers, Brett Toth and Kyle Bradley. Both of these um, these guys have been great conversational partners for me, uh, just as we've kind of thought about this idea, this topic over the last couple of weeks, um, preparing for the message. But guys, as we get started, one, thank you for joining. I know, Brett, you have spent a lot of energy uh avoiding um, existing yes. in digital uh, yes, spheres yes, yes. and uh, the internet. Um, but what is it, I guess, if you just would let your, you know, introduce yourself. Um, this okay. is the first time on the podcast. So introduce yourself. Who who are you? And then um, what is it about this topic that maybe resonates with you um, just as we, yeah, get started? Okay. Uh, I'm Brett Toth, uh, the co-director upstairs at Restoration, mm-hmm. and I think I've just, uh, whatever words you used in your sermon of m- maturity, uh, growth, transformation, I think upstairs we try to, you know, um, make that our daily, weekly mm-hmm. rhythms um, in our own personal lives, uh, in our staff, and in our clients, mm. and so hearing the sermon, uh, reading that parable, really diving into it, uh, something opened up inside of me, Hmm. you know, and I was just like, oh, wow. And I just started thinking of things and writing some things down and it took me some to some places. So Awesome. And your, your background, you, uh, you're a professional counselor, yes, uh, therapist by, yeah, yeah. by trade, educated at Covenant here in yep. St. Louis. And um, uh, Southwest Baptist before that. SBU, go yes. Bearcats. <laughs> Probably about 10 years before you were there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Kyle, yeah. uh, you're our communications director, media director. Yep. Um, yeah. What about this topic or this idea of growth change? Um, yeah, sticks out to you. Well, it, since we're not on video, I'll just say it. I think Brett talking about like recognizing some things or maybe being challenged. Like just when you were saying that you had a huge smile on your face and like that is exciting. Like for somebody just to be excited about talking about their own growth um, is exciting. But um, my own journey, I mean, just is kind of going maybe deeper or Mm -hmm. heavier than we want to. I think growth is sort of forced upon me um, just because of some of the things I've had to grieve over the years. And it was sort of like grow or I think felt like cease to be Mm. on some level. Um, So I care a lot about my own personal growth to just live well. Um, Byproduct of that is I care a lot about other people's growth. Mm -hmm. Um, I think some of the ways I do that is through the arts. So through poetry and things like that, trying to connect with people and have conversations and help um, myself and others maybe see some things about themselves that they could step into. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. No. So I'm, Really excited about this conversation. Before we just kind of dive in and you know hear what God is, uh, how God's been leading you, or things that you've learned from others, um, just want to preface it. Just we're we're in Matthew chapter thirteen, uh, verse twenty four through um, thirty. 
six ish. Um, and then Jesus, he then, you know, explains it, uh, in the following verses, but in this parable, it's, it's classically known as the, the parable of the tares or the parable of the weeds. And you have this story where you have a, um, a master who his, his workers, they plant good seed. And then uh, in the middle of the night, an enemy comes and he plants weeds among the wheat. And as, um, the, uh, the wheat is growing, uh, the servants realize, Hey, there's, there's weeds that are growing amongst the wheat, the wheat. And their first impulse is, um, Hey master, did you plant bad seed? Which is just a fascinating, like that their first thought is, Hey, did you, did you do something wrong here? You screwed this up. You screwed (laughs) this up. Uh, you sure you got the right thing? Mm -hmm. Um, and he said, no, an, an enemy did this. So they're like, hey, should we go ahead and pluck all the weeds? Like, let's, you know, like, let's rid ourselves of all the, the bad stuff so that good stuff can grow. And he goes, no, 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 don't, don't do that. Actually, if you do that, you might uproot the wheat. So let both of them grow together. And at the proper time, when, the, when it's time for the harvest, we'll first gather all the weeds. We'll bundle them up. We'll throw them in the fire. And then we'll gather the wheat and um, have you take that to my to my barn, to, to my storehouse. So that's the story that Jesus tells. Mm-hmm. And then several verses later, uh, his disciples come and they say, hey, um, tell us what you meant by that. And he goes and he interprets it. And he says, okay, well, the, the, the master is God and the servants are so-and-so. The wheat is this. The weeds are the... Like he, he interprets it, gives it all the meaning, and um, then talks about judgment uh, that's coming. And so we we really talked through some of the explanation um, in the in last the previous episode of the deep dive, but this idea of wheat and weeds growing together um, has really stuck with with me because I think like in the church we so ju- we just want to get rid of all the bad stuff and it makes us really uncomfortable and um, we want to be among the wheat we want uh, other people just to see our our wheaty areas. Um, mm-hmm. and we just kind of want to maybe ignore the weedy stuff. And so anyway, that's, that's kind of the the premise. And I, I really don't have an agenda for this conversation other than to hear from you. I know Brett, you and I, have, we've been talking back and yeah, forth, yeah. um, leaving, you know, left me some voice messages. Yeah. You had some texts. Uh, you sent I me, I get manic when I get excited <laughs> and sent, I got excited <laughs> about this passage. You sent me some texts that you sent to yourself, uh, yes. even in this as and well. And I text myself. Uh, so anyway, let's just, just start there. Like what are some of the maybe higher level ideas or, or themes that, that y'all see running through this parable okay um first a quick i guess it would be a theological question go for it uh is jesus always that exacting in an explanation i was reading that passage and i'm like he he's like this means this this means this this means this yeah it's kind of surgical yeah and i was like that seems i don't almost never okay that's what i (laughs) I was like when's the last time i felt this energy out of jesus and (laughs) Yeah, never. It almost, it catches you off guard. It did. Now so in, what's that about? In Matthew, it's interesting because he, uh, he's very willing to talk. So culturally something's happening. Like we don't like to talk about hell. We don't like to talk about judgment. Um, and yet Jesus actually speaks about it quite regularly, especially in the book of Matthew. Um, I don't know what it is about the exactness. I do know that like when it comes to parables, um, we can get overly distracted by the details of the parables when he's usually just responding to like a single question or a single expectation. Yeah, because I feel like most of his is to kind of invite you into something more like poetically elusive uh-huh. that can't uh-huh. be defined. And yeah, he just went to town. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. The so I don't I don't know. I do know that the 
the people who were originally listening had particular expectations of how uh, Jesus, how God was going to inaugurate and bring about his kingdom. Um, they had a very, honestly, a, a narrow read on what the kingdom is and what it meant for their lives. And I think that's why Jesus is telling all these stories. Hey, the kingdom of heaven is like a pearl, right? That, you know, someone found or, you know, went and this treasure that he found, he buried in a field, went and sold everything he had and went to go find it. Like he tells all these different stories um, to get us closer to the kingdom. Um, and yet this is just one of them. So the, the original hearers would have been, hey, we have expectations of what it means for a Messiah to come. We have expectations of what we're being delivered from, which hell is, is one of those things. Mm-hmm. But they had this idea of a political ruler coming and just delivering them from the Romans, the, the Roman occupation uh, for um, raising you know, Israel back to a okay. prominent place in, in the world. And I think what Jesus is doing here, I, I think, is he's saying, hey, the kingdom is actually bigger than that. Okay. It's, a, it's a, an expansive thing that it expands eternity. Um, and then there's this question of like, am I among the wheat or am I among the weeds? And so... Scary question. It's an incredibly <laughs> scary question, but it's not an inappropriate question. Right. right? And, and so, and I do think this is where I come back to, like, I think I used an illustration this weekend of like, you know, we can be our own worst enemy, and yet, like, I have been an enemy of God. I'm, I'm actively an enemy of God. I'm mm-hmm. an enemy of the change and the growth God wants to do in, in me and my heart. Um, but, but Romans 5 talks about me being an enemy of God, and yet in that moment, God still extends relationship and has, has died for me. And what he is inviting me into is more than a political empire. It's more than, um, hey, I want a, a spot on the world stage because it's nice to be blessed by God. It's He's invited us into a, a, a life of change and, and growth. And yes, we want to avoid judgment. Yes, we want to avoid being among the weeds, but the Jewish people were constantly like, okay, well, we're, the, we're good and they're bad. And yet, as we see in the parable, as we see the story of the, the wheat that's growing, a lot of times, at least early on, you can't really distinguish very well between the two um, because mm-hmm. they're together. And Jesus is okay with that. Like the master yeah. in the story is completely patient and he's completely okay with this idea of for growth to happen, it's going to be accompanied by stuff that's growth in other ways, but it's growth that you don't want. Yeah, that's what I wonder about when I think about this is how often do we, maybe the scripture is talking about people or we want to mm-hmm. th- think it is, but how often do we just confuse the weeds in the wheat? Mm-hmm. We, we confuse an op- an oppor- a great opportunity for growth as something that's bad, mm-hmm. something that we've done that's wrong or something that somebody else has done when it's really this wonderful invitation yeah. into growth. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's kind of where my mind went is just how it's confusing and and in a sense of trying to, I think even in my own life, um, distinguish between the two. Yeah. I want it to be obvious. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I guess that's where I'm, you know, when I think about the, the patience that the master has, when he says, Hey servants, you don't have to go and pluck up the weeds. Like, don't be too quick to do that. Cause you might actually hurt the growth. Um, that's kind of an uncomfortable thing. Like, so again, the focus of the parable, Jesus is speaking and he's, there are two groups of people and these two people he defines as different, but I don't think it's inappropriate for us as we read this to even notice, Hey, there's 
good growth in me mm-hmm. and potential in me and things that God is, is create, you know, created me to be a whole person. So like explore that person and learn that person. But there's also some weedy stuff in me too. Also, I hate the fact that the words wheat and weeds are so similar in yeah. English. Yeah. Cause I'm saying when I usually when I'm using this as an adjective weedy, I'm, it's w- the w- weed weeds, like, yeah, you guys hear that. But <laughs> anyway. Yeah. And I, and I think it, uh, invites you into an exposure of like, I don't know, like arrogance, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of your own arrogance of like, who are you, mm-hmm. you know, to say who's wheat and who's weeds or, um, who are you to say that weeds are bad and aren't going to be used by God later mm-hmm. on? Uh, one yeah. of the, one of the things I thought of thinking about this was, um, yeah. Uh, you know, Christian dude quoting Tolkien, um, you know, but I thought of that scene where, Frodo's talking to Gandalf mm-hmm. and uh, they see Gollum, the, mm-hmm. the weed, mm-hmm. you know, and Frodo's like pity Bilbo didn't kill him when he had the chance. Mm. And, mm. and oh, that's so good. And Gandalf is like, maybe pity stopped Bilbo's hand from killing him. Like, I still think Gollum has a part to play in all this. And mm-hmm. then, so the weed that Frodo wanted to pull ends up being the very thing mm-hmm. that causes the destruction of the greatest evil at the mm-hmm. end of the movie. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I don't know. There's just a, like, who are you to say, mm-hmm. right? like, how all of this is going to play out? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's something to be said about, um, I, I was thinking about this when we were in Ecclesiastes several months ago, but the the rain falls on the wicked and the righteous, right? Like, God's grace and favor, it, if we're doing the whole blessing thing right, like, there's going to be a lot of weeds that are blessed. Um, yeah. You think about the field, like, the weeds get exactly what the wheat gets, it gets time to grow. It gets fertilizer. It gets sunlight. It gets water. Um, so there is something about like, I think Dan threw out in a teaching team that a better um, title for this parable might be the field of common grace hmm. um, because it's like the, the weeds, their growth is not um, accentuated by the weeds, but if the weeds were removed, the growth of the wheat doesn't happen. And so there are things that I think God is going to do in our lives that might be someone else's kind of weedy stuff. And yet mm-hmm. it, it does lead to our growth yeah. um, in other ways too, if we pursue it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a wonderful example of the Tolkien one. Cause it's like in the last possible moment, we still have potential for wheat, yeah. right? Like we still have, both of those things in us. And I think where my, another place my mind went in all this was pain mm. and discomfort. And like, we don't want to experience those things. Like when, if, if we stop looking at the golems or looking at whoever else trying to find the weeds <clears throat> among the people around us, there's plenty to look at in ourselves, oh, right? Like there's yeah. plenty of weeds in my own life. And can I have, can I set aside my ego long enough and with enough humility, maybe receive my own, like through self-reflection mm-hmm. where my weeds are at or through maybe somebody else's comment? Like, mm-hmm. can I take what my wife says and not just get defensive, but be like, oh no, mm. she's right. I did something disrespectful yeah. or, or whatever else. Yeah. And, and then that is an opportunity. It's a wonderful opportunity to, to repair a relationship, to change, to maybe do something different next time. That's an invitation. Yeah. I think most of those things are. I think most discomfort, most pain, 
Um, I, I told you guys earlier, one of my favorite quotes is Mr. Rogers. Um, mm-hmm. There's no normal life that is free of pain. Mm-hmm. And I always miss the second part, but it's the very wrestling with our problems that can be the impetus for our growth. Like that guy's amazing just anyway, but like he nailed it there. I think like you can run from pain or you can enter into the invitation hmm. that that offers and, and let it, I think, reshape you. Hmm. Yeah. Oh. Go for it. No, I start. Yeah. That smile you saw on my face. I start getting like excited. Then I'm like, okay, I need to say this, but I have to start like three stories back. And so, uh, uh, what did you just say? Oh, that were, so Brad, earlier you mentioned, you know, so you're reading that and you're like, oh, am I wheat or am I the weed? Um, you know, therapists are annoying for a lot of reasons. One of them <laughs> is that we answer most multiple choice questions with yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're all of it. Uh-huh. Uh, um, trying to figure out where to start that. Uh, there's a brand of therapy called in internal family systems mm. and um, it's really the, popular. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. right now. It's kind of the sexy thing. And the beginner's guide goes something like you're a full self, mm-hmm. you know, there's a wholeness to you and then trauma happens to you. Something happens. You don't get needs met um, some kind of tragedy from outside of you, inside of you, something. Um, and your system no longer trusts you mm. because if your self was trustworthy, this bad thing never would have happened. So it kind of splits the whole system into parts. Mm. Think uh, inside out, mm-hmm. you know? So it splits the whole system into parts. And you have all these parts running your personality now. And they're not really for you. They're not really for your true self. They're basically just there for survival. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. basically just survival. And um, some of the worst parts of our personality are run by these things. Mm. Some of our shadow places, some of uh, the things we try to hide from ourselves, from others. And there's a danger in trying to weed out those parts early on Mm. Um, because that'll just create other study, a lot of neurology, other black parts, other dark parts in the brain, other disconnections Um, in trying to fix one behavior. You're going to like, overemphasize another behavior. Um, and so I was thinking, Oh, this kind of fits with that theory because one of the main points of that theory is you have to basically just bring yourself to maturity. Hmm. Like it's not about like weeding out all these bad behaviors and reacting to them anxiously. That's a word that came up a lot as I thought about this. Um, it's not about being anxious about those parts. It's about bringing yourself to maturity, really growing, and becoming larger than them. Hmm. And then it's easy to separate. But before that moment, if you try to kind of separate from that stuff, other parts of you are going to be damaged. Hmm. Well, I think like, as you say that I've done a little bit of that, thanks to you. Um, but I think that invites a very gracious journey. Yes. That invites a journey that isn't like shaming those parts of me that really were just trying to help me survive in some way, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fear, the anxiety, whatever that is. And that's, that's thankfully been, cause I'm a very, I'm very quick to shame myself. My journey has been more gracious because of that, yeah. that seeing it as like, Oh no, they, those things got you here. You can't just dismiss them. You have to like graciously, I don't know, incor- maybe not incorporate. It's not the right word, but, um, yeah, I always, I always picture like, uh, thank them for doing their job Yeah, and saying like, <laughs> Hey, but I no longer need you at the controls. Yeah. Feel free to mm-hmm. hang out, yeah. you know, feel a uh, beautiful mind. Mm-hmm. When it's like, hey, um, all these different 
people inside of me I'm talking to, they're still all around me. I see them. Um, but I'm just not going to listen to them anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, Hey, anger. Thanks. You got me through those first 20 years. You helped me survive. I'm now 25 and I'm here. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I don't need you anymore though. Hmm. But that 15 year old's not going to be able to, you know, so the parent of the 18 year old, it's like, don't be angry. You know, and it's like uh, something else is going to be breaking there, which creates a tension. Because mm-hmm. how do you maybe instruct your kids, mm. um, but also pay attention to what this parable is inviting you into? Mm-hmm. And then that's when I think um, I thought of uh, um, my guru uh, over at Covenant, mm-hmm. Dan Zink. Uh, one of the things he said, I wrote it down. Um, uh, he has as many rants inside of him as I as I do about things. Uh, one of his is uh, his current, one of his current ones is about like um, the Christian counseling culture. And uh, he says, we make everything about eliminating problems, which is such a damaging mistake because the holy work, the gospel always invites you into his growth. Hmm. And yeah, That's really good. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if he hasn't written that somewhere, he needs to, so that he can be quoted. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's uh, almost exactly like me. So <laughs> yeah. the things we think and say will never be anywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I thought, yeah, besides the anxiety part that kept coming up about elimination of problems versus growth. Mm. And I always say, if I'm going to write a book about Jesus, It'd be called the unanxious Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like Jesus is so unanxious. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, even the disciples, uh, he tells the story and walks away. They're like, no, no, no. Tell us what it means. Uh, because we need to like dissect it and do it. And, da, 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 and, I don't, and so he does, yeah. but yeah. Uh, there's just an unanxiety about him. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm. Kyle, you were saying that, you know, pain is a, you know, prerequisite of life. Mm-hmm. If you're going to live, I was thinking of a movie I saw on Netflix about an actor, Jonah Hill, mm-hmm. um, basically went to therapy and liked his therapist so much. He made a movie about him and put it on Netflix and it's just him and his therapist talking for about 90 minutes. Mm. And it's, there's parts I like about it, parts I don't. Um, but one of the, my favorite things is Stutz, his therapist says, there's three certainties of reality. No one can avoid. Um, and it's our three realities. And it's pain, it's uncertainty, and it's constant work. Hmm. And I think we're running around trying to eliminate those things mm-hmm. at all costs um, when the gospel is just inviting us to grow. Mm-hmm. You know, and so we see we see stuff inside of us is like, man, if that wasn't there, this would be easier. If I was, if nobody knew that, life would be easier. If my spouse, if me as a spouse, mm-hmm. you know, life would be easier. Yeah. You know, it's like, we're trying to eliminate pain. We're trying to eliminate constant work. We're trying to eliminate uncertainty. But that's my um, natural response. Like I, I, I want comfort. Yeah. I mean, that's probably most, most everybody maybe mm-hmm. for different reasons, but like, I want comfort. Yeah. I, I basically want non-conflict situations at all costs. And mm-hmm. oftentimes those are the things yeah, yeah, yeah. that so you I pull need. those weeds. <laughs> right. yeah. How does that work? No, it's not great. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm still exactly. as anxious. I'm still whatever as yeah, I've ever yeah. been. Um, and usually my solutions to manage things just pretty much, yeah, make everyone <laughs> even more mad most of the time. So, well, and it's that just to keep the, you know, I think about the parable or the image of the parable in mind. Like if, um, if, if wheat and the weeds are like indistinguishable from, from each other at early stages of growth. How often in our own lives are we running around and we try to pluck a weed that actually is wheat, 
right? Like it's a problem or it's an issue that actually is, if we just let it develop, mm-hmm. we'll realize, oh, there's a whole lot of growth that can come from whatever that thing is that or- originally I thought, oh, that, that actually wasn't good. Yeah. But God's actually doing something. Well, I don't like. I don't know if this fits with that exactly, but like, I, I'm somebody who has struggled for a long time with depression, sort of off and on, sometimes mm-hmm. very, um, for to a very significant degree. And I've, in the past, you know, risked vulnerability and shared that with some people, and not gotten the best response. Mm-hmm. Always, just like, well, why? Why do you feel that you have Jesus? Like, how do you like? Almost just like a, well, just get rid of that thing. Well, first, it's not that easy anyway. Um, even if I could. I don't know now that I'd want to, uh, because there's all sorts of good that comes from the working through those things. If I'm willing to, I think, step into it rather just like hide under the covers and be Mm. depressed. And that may be, you may have to do that. I don't want to make anybody feel bad if that's where they're at. I've been there. Um, but like, it'd be very easy for my younger self to be like, depression's the weed or whatever Mm -hmm. is the cause of the depression is the weed. Now I'm 37 and I'm like, it's really such a wonderful invitation for all sorts of reasons. But it is, to your point, Brett, it's very hard work. Yeah. It's yeah. exhausting. And it's hard work not to probably be convinced by those around you that it's a weed as well, because it's getting in the way of whatever they want you to be. But I don't know, like without it, I don't know that I ever, that I ever write poetry. There's a lot of things that I do now that I don't know that I do without some of those things that I maybe would have named as weeds hmm. in my past. Yeah. Uh, Parker Palmer is Quaker, writes a bunch of books on higher education. He wrote a book once called uh, Let Your Life Speak um, about his depression. And he has a chapter in there called uh, The Way to God is Down. Hmm. And he talks about somebody once telling him that humility was key to the spiritual life. And he was like, oh, that was great. I was proud to think of myself as so humble. Uh, and he goes, and I didn't realize through this uh, journey of depression that what they meant was humiliation. Mm. And he goes, where you're brought low, this is probably going to be misquote, where you're brought low, rendered powerless, stripped of all your pretenses and defenses and left feeling fraudulent, useless, and alone. <laughs> and he goes, and that's the only thing that allows you to regrow your your life from the ground up in God. Mm. It sounds horrible, yeah, but yeah, it's, yeah. But mm. it's a yeah. wonderful starting point. Mm. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. And I feel like um, Jesus's constant invitation or the gospel's constant invitation into, is into like the humiliation of the self by the self. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. even, you know, are you the weed? Are you the wheat? And it's like, yeah, you're probably both. But uh, Romans seven, you know, I feel like it's pretty, like uh, Paul's saying he can set his watch to it, mm-hmm. you know, like how often like he is his own own enemy. He's, he does the thing he doesn't yeah. want to do, and yet he still does it, and yet he shouldn't do it. But yeah, he's like, yeah. yeah, you get this picture into his soul as he's struggling with something that ultimately, you know, where's Re- Romans 7 and Romans 8 end up going is he's... Um, he created for good work, and God is at work through, yeah. and he's glorified through it all too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's like, hey, did you plant bad wheat? No, I planted great wheat. Then how'd the weeds get there? Well, I mean, I snuck out at night and planted weeds too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, well, that's not very helpful. Yeah, exactly. But I don't know. (laughs) And now I'm going to get mad at somebody else for there being weeds in my field. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I don't know. I feel like Jesus, like there's just something in, you know, the gospels. It's a constant. Mm. uh, I think of, you know, maybe the pinnacle of his teaching sermon on the Mount. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a... Um, hey, you've heard it said, 
external bad behavior. Mm -hmm. Don't murder. I tell mm -hmm. you, anyone who's got anger in his mm -hmm. heart is a murder. I don't know. It just seems like a constant, hey, no one needs to be looking for enemies outside of there. Like, they're all here. Yeah. Constant that self. That feels like that downward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the yeah. way to God is down. Like, down and in. And yeah. just, like, really wrestling with that. And whatever we're talking about, unanxiously trying to grow mm -hmm. instead of, like, just solve problems. Yeah. And eliminate. Just manage behavior. Or just eliminate behavior. Yeah. Yes. Eliminate it, pain. Manage your behavior and then do some sort of posturing so that you look like you're yeah, you've got it all together and you're not managing your behavior. Yeah. And then there's so much freedom when you just finally are like, yeah, here's my weeds. Yeah. Here they are. Well, and I think <laughs> that's what, you know, the, the, the harshest words that Jesus has, um, are, are for the insiders. They're for the Pharisees. They're for the scribes. They're for the teachers of the law. The, the people who are overly focused on behavior, even sermon on the Mount, like praying in the public and, you know, giving alms, right. In ways that are very, very seen. And, um, often like, I think Jesus wants to just meet us in the, the ordinary, the small, the moments of very subtle growth and change. And he's most glorified in that too. So we only have, um, really probably a few more minutes, but I, what I want to do is just ask you guys, like when you think about, um, growth, like that was kind of the, the main, emphasis of this weekend is like, Hey, if, if Jesus matters most, when Jesus matters most transformation follows, if we allow Jesus to, um, to matter most in our lives and we, um, bring our whole selves, knowing that he wants to change and transform our whole selves, not just the areas of our lives that aren't, you know, that we don't think measure up or we're, we're not doing the thing that we think we should be doing. Um, what are things that you've found to be, and this is a very broad question, but to be found, to be helpful for, for you when you think about your own growth, mm -hmm. uh, your own maturity, the ways that God has, has shaped or changed you or others. Like, what are a few things that come to, to mind? Um, what are things that you pursue um, maybe regularly as regular practices uh, to continue to walk into the growth that Jesus has for you? Um, that's a good question. Uh, you know, um, I'm in, I have a, I tend to conceptualize things and go broad. <laughs> so I'm trying to like shrink my answer. Yeah. Um, well, uh, one of the things I was thinking about of where this took me was, you know, we have a right brain that's trying to comprehend the world and like accept it and understand the like mystery and nuance yeah. of it all. And then we have a left brain that's trying to apprehend the world yeah. and just like break it down to ones and zeros, utilize it to get what we want out of the world. And I was thinking, um, I was thinking this, this is an invitation, this, this parable into like, um, out of your left brain places mm -hmm. of like, Hey, don't just try to eliminate problems, manage your life. Like takes you out of you centered into like gospel centered, mm -hmm. which takes you out of anxiety and into empathy, mm. you know, of like understanding mm. yourself. Mm -hmm. Kyle, you're talking a lot about that. Um, instead of like judging, shaming mm -hmm. yourself. Um, yeah. And I just think, how do you do that? How do you do that work? Uh, I think of the fall, you know, um, you know, how does it start? It's like, we're listening to like fear and anxiety. We're listening to the snake. And then what do we do? We go for management. We grab the apple because we're managing. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of my growth over the years has been the opposite of that process, mm. you know, like the opposite of the fall, kind of reversing that of like not covering myself up, not hiding, mm. not hiding in the bushes, not playing you know, um, verbal gymnastics with like the woman you gave me, you know, mm -hmm. like, like not being defensive. And I don't know. I think that kind of equals, um, uh, 
uh, finding one or two key people mm-hmm. um, to just try to be humiliated in front of. Mm. And I think I have, yeah. you know, of like to practice like a humiliate myself to myself often. And like I said, not out of shame, out of like, man, like um, people don't like these words, uh, but I'm going to use them. There's got to be a better way to say it. I always feel like the gospel is inviting you out of shame and into guilt. Like, mm. like, hey, like, like you're behaving badly, mm-hmm. um, but you are a child of God, mm. you know? And so it's always asking for like a, a behavior correction, mm-hmm. but it's always inviting you into like the dignity of being mm. like, like you are a child of God. You are an image bearer and uh, you're up to some shenanigans. So like clean that <laughs> up a bit, you know? And so it's like, I, I th- and I think like a, an, uh, Step four in AA, my mind just starts flying. Uh, <laughs> step four in AA is the thing that separates usually kids from adults. Hmm. And it's, um, it's called a, a searching and fearless moral inventory. Hmm. You know, and that's, the, that's when most people quit AA. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's like being able to just do that unanxiously with yourself and then having like one or two key people in your life, you can do it out loud with. Mm-hmm. And I think that's made all the difference to me. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. I think I'm um, sort of the opposite. Your mind is always on one of my, one of my moves is to force myself to think like my natural tendency is yeah. like, I'm so maybe naturally resistant to being like, I think awake beyond just like the watching the Netflix and the, being obsessed about whatever, Mm -hmm. any number of things that aren't bad things in and of themselves, but I can just cease to exist by consuming those things. So I, like one of my moves has been to learn to just wake up, Mm -hmm. um, to, to listen to the people around me. I think I've learned through all of this, that God shows up in way more ways than just me reading the Bible Mm -hmm. and just me praying. God Mm -hmm. shows up in my children when they're like, Hey, what you said to Liam was pretty mean. Mm. And I'm like, but you're five. You don't know. That's that one. That's like what my natural response would be. But, but I think I've also learned everything is your teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, So if I'm willing to sort of, again, set my ego aside, can I listen to a five-year-old tell me, Hey, you're being a jerk. Mm. And how do I respond to that? Um, So that's been, I think, Another thing is like Brett said, finding a couple people that you can risk being vulnerable with. Um, Sometimes you do that and you, it fails. Sometimes you think, oh, this is, this is the person and it doesn't go the way that you hope it would, but you risk again because there's all sorts of wonderful things that come from um, the risking. So it's hard for me to put into like concise thinking again, because I'm not, I'm not thinking all the time, but I just think growth is much broader um, in the best ways possible yeah. than I ever thought growing up. Yeah, And to, to see how it's, I'll probably get this wrong. Please correct me. Um, but that just made me think of one more thing. Like I thought of how it's all tied together, you know, with the self and others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think in the story where Mary pours out the perfume on Jesus head, um, is it Judas, you know, is it, yeah, Judas, because yeah, he, he's, so, the, he's the guy that handles all the money. So, so he's like, yeah, oh, I so see how this could be used. Let's go anxious and let's go problems to solve mm-hmm. instead of like unanxious, just experiencing empathetic growth mm-hmm. and letting the moment be. He goes anxious and he goes fix problems. 
Yeah, and he tries to like, hey, we could have we could have sold that, we could have split it up, these ministry, but you know, and he just doesn't understand that. Maybe that's another book, the the glorious inefficiency of Jesus. You know, like Ooh. there's just an inef- write that one down. That's good. There's an inefficiency to Jesus that is such a good teacher. Yeah. When you in read our the culture, Gospels. our culture yeah. is be efficient. Yeah, I think yeah. maybe even in Christian culture, to some very degree, efficient. But, but be very efficient. Well, even like, okay, what are my goals this year? How how am I? We almost like prescribe our own change. How am I going to change this year? Yeah. Right? What are my resolutions? What am I going to do to do the thing that I need to do to grow and Again, not discounting those things. Like those are good conversations to have. Those are good things to look into our lives and, okay, I want to read this book because I need to grow in this area. I learn in this, but we almost like, I don't know, we can, we can get way anxious with either the lack of growth that we expect to see, or we think others expect to see in us, um, or we can go the opposite and just be complacent and not be involved with it whatsoever. I think we also expect huge amounts of growth too. Like one, yeah, of, yes. one of my favorite authors, he writes fantasy. He just talks, there's a quote that he talks about, like sometimes somebody takes two steps forward or two steps back, but given enough time, everybody kind of ends up where they were. Yeah. I think oftentimes that's true, but I think it's partly because we expect when we set these goals and these things, we expect so much growth and it's really like a turning of the dial just a bit. Like it's, I don't know. So I'm in a place now where I'm trying to celebrate like the step. Mm-hmm. Like well, I'm not as far as I'd like, but maybe well, we I've think stepped. everything's linear too. Like, okay, here's my growth. Here's where I am, and that's where I need to go. And so, like, let's just dr- draw a straight line to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When like growth is way more. It's no straight lines. Holi- yeah, <laughs> no. holistic. Whole be you know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, if we bend it all back to one of the first things you said, like if I. If you said like, man, if I'm not doing that, I cease, I cease to exist. I don't. Yeah. Do you remember what yeah, I said? That's it, yeah. Um, yeah. And so if we take it to the Judas story, you know, it's like, hey, this moment, finances, this moment, this person, these are all problems that need managed. Mm-hmm. These are all problems that need to be solved. Um, he's not focused on growth. Then eventually, later on in the story, that becomes Jesus is a problem mm-hmm. that's got to be managed mm-hmm. and solved. Mm-hmm. So he turns him in, and then it becomes he's a problem mm. and it leads to suicide, you know, like he's his own problem mm-hmm. that needs to be managed mm-hmm. and solved. And I don't know. And it's just like, you start going that anxiety route. You yeah. start going that non growth route and things just get tighter yeah. and tighter. And now like your, sp- your spiritual life suffers, your, you know, your emotional life, your, how you're holding yourself, how you're holding others. And I don't know, yeah. you, you cease to exist. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd say just to kind of summarize the conversation, like we need to be curious. We need to be curious about the world that God has put us in. We need to be curious about the ways that he is wanting to grow and shape us and, and not be arrogant to, to say, oh, these are the things that God wants to do. And yeah, here's yeah. exactly how he's going to do to, to do that in us. Um, and then I do think like we need other people. We need yep. others who we're willing to be honest with. Um, they're willing to be honest with us. And let's put our stuff on the table because we're all trying to do this thing together and no one's got it figured out. And so let's be open to what God uh, has for us. Well, thank you guys um, for, for joining for this conversation. I know it's only been, we could go for another hour. Easy. Uh, easy. Uh, I'm jazzed right now. (laughs) 
it's like okay i just got not nervous being behind this <laughs> microphone hey so same. that's good uh that means we'll have more conversations to come in the future you'll never hear from me again <laughs> i just think it's funny that you started this whole thing off with hey we we talked about how onto some lighter stuff yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's we, all just a facade and then we just talked about all that <laughs> it's a facade uh anyway uh thank you for listening to this episode of the deep dive thank you kyle thank you brett for um just bringing your whole selves into it and for even for just me personally um getting a front row seat to watch how god is growing you and it's not always easy it's not always fun um and yet god is still glorified in it and so um as as always if you have any questions uh please you can email us at podcast at calvary.church you can find this resource and more on our website calvary.church resources and we look forward to connecting again uh next week and in the weeks to come as we uh, continue to examine different parables that jesus tells and how they um just interact with our own lives See you next time. Thanks for listening to The Deep Dive, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.